Hello, all you Dirty Rats fans. We've put together two Christmas packages with books and t-shirts. To order, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. See you later. This podcast contains content that may be considered graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Dirty Rats. I met John in Baltimore. A year later, we were married. We had a five-bedroom. We had everything for a family. Then we put in for adoption for the next child. He took the CPA exam. He passed all four parts. Next thing I know, he said, want to sell the house. He said, I have an opportunity to go to Florida. He said, it's something called High Lie. John had done his two years, and he wanted to sell. And this guy was from Reading. His name was Wheeler. Johnny Martirato approached and shot Wheeler once in the head. Whoever, this whitey person that was responsible for that murder, it ruined everything for John. John did not want that. Mary and John were together in Boston when he got the call about his ex-boss's murder. Day came, he was home, phone rang, and I heard him use a word that he didn't use around me that starts with an F. He said, they have something, the whole deal. He said, what the hell? I said, well, aren't you sorry that the man is dead? He said, well, yeah, that too. John did not want that. He had set that whole deal up. I know, I was there. I heard it, I saw it, my own eyes and ears. It's not hearsay. He met whoever, this whitey person that was responsible for that murder. It ruined everything for John. It's just the whole damn deal was off. But the gangsters were worried. There were still loose ends. First, they murdered a Boston gangster they'd earlier offered the Wheeler murder contract to. He'd been talking to the FBI. And Whitey's paid agent Zip Connolly tipped off Whitey. Whitey then gunned down the gangster and a friend of his in South Boston. That left one loose end, John Callahan. The question was, would Callahan stand up? The cops were already looking for him. There had been too many murders. Whitey and Stevie called Martirano in Florida and told him to meet them in a hotel room at the airport in New York. Whitey told Martirano that Connolly had told him that Callahan was about to flip and that his testimony in the three earlier murders would send all of them to prison for life. Callahan isn't a wise guy, Whitey told Martirano. He's not one of us. He's never done time. He's a civilian. He won't stand up. Whitey told Martirano, it's up to you. He's your friend. After 16 years, the FBI finally has its man. A tip led investigators to a Santa Monica apartment. It was Whitey and his girlfriend. Agents and other task force members. I don't know how they make people like that. I don't know how a human can be like that. Please allow me to speak plainly. I do not know where my brother is. We start off with breaking news. Notorious mobster Whitey Bulger is dead. Reports surfacing that Bulger was killed in a West Virginia prison. A demon had asked him. The guy I put one in the chamber like and he looked up and I'm aiming and he says the other guy a bag of peanuts please yeah. 
From HCRN Studios in Boston, this is Dirty Rats. Whitey knew he could convince Johnny Moderano that Callahan had to go. When Bulger wanted someone dead, he'd make it happen one way or another. Martirano recounted how Whitey sold him on murdering his friend. At that point, they were concerned about Mr. Callahan because Connolly expressed to them they're going to put so much pressure on him, he's going to fold. And we're all going to end up going to jail for the rest of our life if he doesn't hold up. And who did you believe you were going to be protecting by killing Callahan? I was protecting myself, Whitey Bulger, Stevie Fleming, and John Connolly. Whitey was a very intelligent man, and he knew how to get what he wanted, and that's what he wanted, so we set it up. It was a deal. I know. I watched too many men make deals. A few days later, Callahan flew to Fort Lauderdale. Johnny Martirano and another fugitive Winter Hill gangster picked him up at the airport. Martirano calmly told the jury in the Connolly murder trial what happened next. Can you show the jury where it was you shot him? I don't know, right around this area. You didn't look into his eyes when you shot him in the head, did you? No. Did he make any noises when you shot him in the head? No. And when you shot him in the head, what happened? Then I rolled him over between the seats. This is Brian Kelly, the lead federal prosecutor in Whitey's 2013 trial. Uh, as, as soon as uh, it was believed he could be weak or that he could squeal or talk to law enforcement truthfully about what he knew, the decision was made to kill him. And so uh, Bulger and, and, and Flemmy and, and Connolly summoned Moderano and uh, Moderano killed him. Despite uh, being friends with the guy, he was uh, instructed to do it and he did it. When Patrick got home from school, I told him he went up to his room and destroyed his room. He just ripped and tore everything. Told Kathleen and she just cried uncontrollably. I mean, she just couldn't stop. I think the worst thing I heard was from Monterano, and oh, don't want my children to ever know this. He said that he shot him, but he wasn't really dead after a while and was moaning. So I shot him again. And that was so heartless, okay? But I'm saying... He said that just to upset everything. He didn't need to upset us. John Callahan was dead. But Mary Callahan's questions were just beginning. In their final conversation, why had he told her he was going not to Florida, but to Washington? Was it because he had in fact been planning to flip on the gangsters and their crooked FBI agents in Boston, who wanted him dead every bit as much as Whitey Bulger did? I put it together later. He didn't trust the FBI in Boston. If he had information or he wanted to do something or say something, he knew how to do this stuff. He wouldn't have done it in Boston. He'd have gone right to D.C. The FBI, the Boston FBI, told me he never went to D.C. They have proof that he went right to Florida. I never saw that proof. Now, back in those days, you didn't have to say who you were. You could give him any name when you flew. Something very peculiar there. Did he go to D.C.? Before he went to Florida, I don't know. I never knew that he was murdered in Fort Lauderdale until just recently. They always said Miami, you know, he, well, that's because they found the body there. But 
why would he be killed in Fort Lauderdale? And I'm thinking, if you murdered somebody and put them in the trunk of your car, would you take a chance to drive all the way to Miami? Corpse in the car? What kind of people are these? Are these professionals? The FBI also said that they found his watch in Hialeah. It's very interesting about the watch. Now, that was John's watch. The FBI says they have his watch. Why didn't I get the watch back? Why don't I have anything back? They've got all his clothes. They've got all the stuff they took out of Fort Lauderdale and all the stuff they took out of his office. Do you know they went to his office when they found out John was dead? They, it's hard to say, they went to his, he had an office, are are the police allowed to go into a place and just take stuff? They emptied the whole thing before I ever knew. Actually, they had a very good reason for driving the corpse to Miami. You'll hear what that reason was after a short word from our sponsors. The reviews for Dirty Rats are in. People love this gripping and gory true crime podcast. But a lot of Dirty Rats fans want more. Become a Dirty Rats Patreon member. Just go to patreon.com slash dirtyratspod. For only $4.99 a month, you'll get content like John Zip Connolly's full FBI training video, behind-the-scenes interviews with the Dirty Rats writers, producers, and narrators, and so much more. Patreon.com slash dirtyratspod. Whitey and his crew had a reason for driving John Callahan's corpse to Miami. It was all part of a larger plan. As Whitey plotted the murder, he ordered his FBI agent Connolly to write reports saying that Cuban gangsters wanted to murder Callahan. You know, before they set that up, Connolly had written some sort of internal memo saying the Cubans in uh, Miami were after John Callahan for some reason. So they kind of try to create an excuse in advance as to why the guy w- was murdered, when in fact he was murdered because he was viewed as a weak link as, and as somebody who might cooperate with law enforcement, which is kind of a grotesque irony. He's being killed by uh, two FBI cooperators because he himself might cooperate. Whitey wanted Martirano to drop Callahan's personal effects in various Cuban districts to point the finger at killers who didn't exist and away from the ones who had actually committed the murder. It was classic Whitey. One of the ways they tried to distract from what truly happened in the murder of John Callahan is that they took his wallet and threw it in a Cuban neighborhood in Miami. They did the wallet in Little Havana and they did the the watch in Hialeah. Now see, that's supposed to, I mean, that's very Cuban, both locations. So it was a way of doing things. But it was even worse. The next day, Martirano dropped the car with Callahan's body in the trunk in the long-term parking garage at Miami International Airport. When Callahan's body was discovered, Whitey flew into a rage. Martirano had a fishing boat nearby. Whitey screamed at Martirano, why didn't you take him out into the ocean on your boat, chop up the body, and then feed it to the sharks? Whitey always liked to make the body disappear. But by now, he had another scam in mind. He had somehow discovered that Callahan had $300,000 stashed in a secret Swiss bank account. 
Mary says the money came from a deal he'd worked out with two companies in Germany shortly before his murder. John had two companies he was putting together when the merger was put together, the final. Each one of them paid John $150,000, both companies. They were both very pleased with the deal. I could see John was shining because he did a beautiful job and put it together and oh, everybody was happy. So I'm looking at this and I'm watching this and he had that money. Where is that money? I know where it is. It was in Switzerland. The next thing I heard about that money is that Whitey found out about that money. The man had a nose for money and when he found out the money, he could get it. That's the last thing I heard recently, okay, more recent. What he did was he said that he was going to hurt somebody if he didn't get the money. The person that got that money was a friend of John's, and he knew how to get it out of Switzerland. He had whatever the codes or whatever it was in order to get it, and it was given to Whitey is my understanding. The whole sordid story came out at Whitey's trial in 2013. Whitey had extorted $400,000 from one of Callahan's business associates. Whitey had pointed a machine gun at him and told him to fetch Callahan's money from Switzerland or he would be killed like Callahan. Mary and her children never saw any of John's money. Whitey murdered him and then stole all of the family's cash. And with this person named Whitey Bulger, who I never heard of before, never met him, didn't know anything about him, has made my life up and down, up and down. My daughter said to me, Mom, it never ends. I said, I know. It just goes on and on. And look how many of us have sued the FBI now. I sued the FBI, lost, statute of limitations. The years went by. Slowly, the truth about the dirty rats trickled out, despite the best efforts of the FBI to cover up their decades of murder and extortion. In 2003, Ex-agent H. Paul Rico was arrested in Florida for the murder of Roger Wheeler in Oklahoma 22 years earlier. Rico died in a prison hospital in Tulsa before he could be tried. In Florida, Flemmy pleaded guilty to murdering John Callahan. That way he avoided the death penalty. Connolly, the other FBI agent, who had told Bulger Callahan was about to flip, he was convicted of second-degree murder in Miami in 2008 and is now serving what amounts to a life sentence. After his conviction in state court, Zip again proclaimed his innocence. My heart breaks for the, the families that were killed by their witnesses. Mr. Montarano put the gun to this man's head and took his life callously. I had nothing to do with it. After Whitey's conviction in 2013, Mary's son, Patrick, went to his sentencing to deliver the Callahan family's victim impact statement. Patrick was 14 when his father was murdered in 1982. I was still a teenage boy, Patrick Callahan began, and very much needed his advice, wisdom, and perhaps most important, his love. Beginning in 1982, Thanksgiving and Christmas were never the same. The commercials for Father's Day still get to me. Not a day passes that I don't wonder what our lives would have been like if he hadn't been taken from us so prematurely. He was in his 40s. Indeed, we would likely still be a family of four rather than three. When he finished, Patrick Callahan looked at his father's murderer. Whitey was still staring straight ahead. You won't even turn around and look at us, he said. 
coward. When Whitey was captured in 2011, after 16 years on the lam, the cops discovered $822,000 in cash hidden in an improvised wall safe in his rent-controlled apartment in Santa Monica. After Bulger's conviction, the judge ordered the cash split among the dozens of survivors of the Dirty Rat's reign of terror. Any money made from Whitey Bulger should be going to the victims, just to the victims, okay? That's why the money that they found in the wall, we all got a piece. My piece went to a kitchen floor, thank you. I got 30, 10 for each one, 10 for Patrick, 10 for Kathleen, 10 for me. We split it. But now Whitey's surviving siblings are suing the Bureau of Prisons for the serial killer's wrongful death, his murder in a West Virginia prison in October 2018. The Bulgers are demanding $200 million, some of which might end up divided among the survivors. Now with his murder, which was a terrible thing, that nobody, that shouldn't have, I don't care who they are or what they've done, that was wrong, that was so bad. And now with his family suing, I don't know what's gonna happen there. At my age, it wouldn't make any difference. I'd like to have it for the kids and my grandchildren. Got three grandchildren, you know. Even as she tries to cope after all these terrible, empty years, Mary Callahan is often asked a recurring question. I blame. It's not going to be Monterano because he did what he was told. He was a murderer. Plus, I find it interesting John was the last murder because I think he liked John. Okay, I really do because everybody who knew John liked him. John Callahan was a fun-loving guy. He was charismatic. He was restless. And like a lot of people at that time, John simply got too close to the fire. Like a lot of people, he became enamored of the idea that he could hang out with these guys and they were dangerous, exciting people, and he probably thought nothing would ever happen to him, but he was sorely mistaken. Mary Callahan has been through decades of misery due to her husband's murder. The pain has not gone away. And yet, when she discusses her late husband, she smiles. Because when Mary thinks of John Callahan, she doesn't think of Whitey Bulger or Johnny Martirano. She doesn't think of World Highlight or Miami or the FBI. No, that's not what comes to mind. Instead, Mary thinks of a summer night in Baltimore when she met a boy and he asked her to dance. See you later. <laughs>